Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. Raider Nation, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Eye Patch Podcast, the only Raiders podcast that I know of that is family-friendly and brings on the likes of one Hema Hemuli Jr., Producer for KSL TV, Channel 5, and KSLSports.com. Also host of the Sports Beat After Hours podcast, along with my good friend Micah, who usually does the introduction and really needs no introduction. Micah, Hema, since you're on the call too, how you guys doing? What's up this evening? Good, I'm good, man. It's good to be back with you, gentlemen. I have to say I'm excited to be back, and I was looking at my call history here uh, for this podcast. The last time we potted was in December of 2018. That's it seems long. it seems really long ago. I mean, it's only a little over a year, right? But I was like, did we really not talk for like two years? So, anyways, I'm excited to be back with you guys. It's great, Micah. Dude, how Tyler, are you, dude? I'm fantastic. When Hema comes on the show, that just means one thing. It means that the draft is approaching. So it gets me excited. And and for the first time in a while, we actually, it hasn't been such a long time. You know, normally we're talking the draft in like October of the, you know, the before, you know, the year before. This year, we didn't get to talk draft until like, dude, how were we like three weeks into December before (laughs) we had to start talking draft? So that was a nice, uh, a breath of fresh air as a Raider fan. So, I gotta get gotta get my notes together here because, like I say, I'm usually man. By, by the time February hits, by the time the off season hits for the NFL, we're pretty well versed in the draft because we've been talking about it for like five months. So um, I'm I'm trying to get back in the saddle, but glad to be back on another episode. Let's rock and roll today. Let's do it. Why don't we do like a two part of the Pac-12, a North and a South version tonight? On the pod, we will be covering players from the Pac-12 South, which is like Hema's wheelhouse. This is his his kitchen, and and we're just lucky to be in it. So um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Utah football, Colorado football, uh, USC, UCLA, Arizona State. And you may hear some kids in the background because we are family-friendly. <laughs> we are not political. We, we enjoy family being on the show so you may hear you may hear some kids in the background my kids included so (laughs) hema guide us to the great land of the pac-12 south lay out some of the players for us oh let's do (laughs) it i'm excited (laughs) no okay so let me let me start off by saying how excited i am because the raiders are going to be literally six hours from me um this season coming up, I am planning on going down 
to the beautiful Las Vegas, not only to lose some money and eat at the buffets, but <laughs> to watch to watch the beloved Raiders play. Um, so I am stoked for that. And I am also stoked because, like you said, I work out of KSL 5 channel, uh, KSL channel 5 in Salt Lake City. Um, home of the Utes is Salt Lake City. And this Ute defense, man, let me tell you, you guys should be excited. I know the Raiders are looking for cornerbacks and linebackers. Well, everything. Basically, yes. Safeties. But, uh, safeties. Punters. Rushers, kickers. Yeah. I know you guys need a little bit of everything. Allegedly, we need allegedly we need a wide receiver too. So if you know any of those, shout them (laughs) out to us. So so I'm gonna start with this Pac-12 draft preview with none other than the Utah Utes. The 2019 class of the Utah Utes is the best defense they have ever had. In fact, this 2019 team as a whole was the best Utah team they've ever had ever. And Disappointingly, they did not get it done. They could not get a Pac-12 championship. This is the second year in a row they went to a Pac-12 championship, did not win. Um, 2018, if you remember, the roster was stacked. They lost to Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. So what happened is everybody on the defense and a lot of people on the offense forewent, I guess would be the past tense, (laughs) the draft, and decided to come back to Utah for their 2019 season. So... This defense was stacked, and I'm I'm thinking the Utes are going to have like nine people in the uh, combine. I think. It's Ooh, wow! It's wow. yeah, it's a it's a lot. But we'll start out with the Raiders' needs, um, and then I guess we can talk about whether or not they can they want to get them at twelve and nineteen if you want. Um, but starting with Utah, their probably best player on the defense is a lockdown quarterback named Jalen Johnson. Um, this past season, he had 88 tackles, seven interceptions, 165 yards. Um, oh, sorry. That's his uh, – yeah, that was last season, I think. Uh, two touchdowns. And um, dude is a beast. He's not your typical cornerback. He's about uh, – he's like 6'3". It's pretty good size. Yeah. Physical. Um, and you look at some of the – the two picks he had this season were pick sixes, uh, one of them on Jacob Eason from uh, Washington. So really good, uh, really good athlete. Uh, I'm really stoked about him. I think he's going to go pretty high. Um, let's stick with probably the second best player on the defense. Um, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about this guy. I was high on him last time we spoke, and I'm still high on him now. One Bradley and I. From oh. <laughs> this guy. Okay. Let me tell you about Bradley and I from Laie, Hawaii. So, you know, you got to give it up for the Polys. Whoop, whoop. This dude, this dude is an impact player. He's got violent hands. Um, this season he had two and a half sacks in a hurry. Oh no. Two and a half sacks in a hurry in the senior bowl this year. Yes. He is a uh, elite. He's the sack leader all time for Utah. Um, and you know, this guy, uh, I think, I don't know how high he's going to go. Um, and there's a lot of edge rushers coming from like the big 12 and the big 10, this, in this draft, uh, and the sec, I guess. Yeah. So that might, you know, take him down into like the second or third round probably. But if a team will scoop him up that late, I think it's a good pickup. I think it's worth it. Um, let's see. Which, Lecky Fot- which leads me. I was, I was just going to say, what about Lakey Fotu? Exactly. Okay. Let's talk about Lucky Fotu. 
I don't know if you guys have seen this guy play. Dude is a monster. He, he is like... He reminds me of a, another... Oh, gosh, dang it. And his name just left me. All I can think of is Tony Siragusa. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was, a, he was a nose tackle, too. Polynesian guy. Just retired uh, with the Lions, like, last year. Oh, Haloti Ngata. There we go. Haloti Nata. That's kind of what he reminds me of, just watching some highlights and stuff. Yeah, he's. that's basically how Utah used him. He clogged up the middle, but he is so big. We're talking, this guy's 6'5", 335. I mean, (laughs) at least that's what they have him listed at. Um, Wow. I don't know if you guys watched the USC game. But when uh, Utah went to USC, Lecky Fotu put a hit on their starting quarterback in like the second possession of the game and took it and he had to sit out and he was out for like four games. Um, oh, my word. Yeah, he put a huge hit on him. Big guy. Um, first team all pack 12. Uh, a real stud of a defensive player. So if you want a big impact player on at the nose on your defense, I think Lecky Fotu is a good pickup. Um, we can talk linebackers. I know you guys. Yes, please. Do you have linebackers? <laughs> Oakland Utah's bring us your need. Bring, bring us your us. poor, your tired, your needy <laughs> linebackers. We need yeah. them all. Preferably think... solid, decent linebackers that can cover, you know, from sideline to sideline, and maybe even a tight end if that's too much to ask. Right. <laughs> So uh, Francis Bernard, um, he's a linebacker that started last year. Uh, he didn't start the years before, mostly because he was a transfer from BYU. But he started at BYU, transferred to Utah. And then as soon as that deep defensive unit graduated, he was the next man up. Um, he's a drop back linebacker, but he can play sideline to sideline. Um he can cover really well. In fact, uh, he reminds me a lot of like Fred Warner um, to keep oh. it kind of BYU related. Yeah, he's got great can hands. Can we please have that guy? Because Fred <laughs> would... Warner has made a heck of an impact on that 49ers defense. Yeah, everyone could use a Fred Warner-esque linebacker, I think. Um, so I would say Francis Bernard is more of a, especially at the next level, he'll be more of a covering back Um what he lacks in size, he has in like, um, in great hands, and he just has that like ability to find where the play is going to be, um, wherever instincts. it is on the field. Yeah, great instincts, um, knows the game really well from that point of view. So uh, I think he'll play well with, uh, I don't know, what linebackers, Whitehead, right? Is he a? Yeah, he, I think he's under contract, but. We're kind of hoping to just like go away from all linebackers that we've ever had <laughs> before. Okay, and then uh, on the on the uh, uh, strong side, we got Terrell Burgess. He was a he was a bigger linebacker, more of a typical linebacker body. Um, great run stopper. Um, great in uh, solo tackles. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me, but now. He, they have him yes. listed as a safety. Oh, really? Yeah. See, he's six foot one ninety four. Is what is what uh, drafttech.com has him as. Hmm. 
Terrell Burgess was a linebacker. Let me look. Oh, no, you're right. Sorry. I meant, I was thinking of uh, Devin Lloyd. My bad. Oh, that's all right. We're going to have to cut this part out. That's embarrassing. Yeah, Terrell Burgess (laughs) is a safety. Um, That's right. Let's move to the safeties, actually. Um, So, they have a safety named Julian Blackman. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. I didn't write him down because I wasn't planning on really talking about him because he was hurt the last like three games of the, of the season, including the bowl game. Um, and I think it was an ACL injury or something, something with his knee. I don't quite remember, but this guy is really good. Um, uh, he started all four years at Utah. He's um, a local kid. He's from Layton high school and uh, great hands. He had, he had like uh, two <laughs> two big interceptions, um, game ceiling interceptions this year that I can remember. Um, let me tell you a little bit more about him, actually. That would be good because we're kind of on the fritz right now with Carl Joseph and trying to figure out whether he's going to stay or leave. I personally think Oakland's going to be able to get him back just because I don't know what his market value is going to be when he hits free agency. Obviously, we have... Jonathan Abram, or Abrams, as some right. of us like to call Abrams. Abrams. Yes. And then I don't think uh, – Eric Harris, I think, is a fantastic uh, fill-in safety, but I don't think he's starting material um, for the Oakland Raiders. I, when, you're, when you're going against Phillip Rivers, anybody can look like a star. So um, <laughs> And we don't yeah. have to go against him anymore. He's I know. Dude, he that, was, that was like a couple days ago, wasn't that? Right. Like, that's crazy. If, if we – if we can divert for just a second, I want predictions. Tyler, Philip Rivers will be playing for who come September? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hemma? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You oh, got a team? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I just he's so old. Like Right? I mean, granted, he's he's had he's he's good. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't know, man. I think he was wasted at the Chargers. I think he's too old now to do anything, really. There's so many good quarterbacks coming up. Like, I don't – what – I have no idea what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. The, reason I, I, the reason I say Tampa is because he moved there. <laughs> so. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, like, moved to Florida. He's not in San Diego anymore. He and his family are in Florida. So I'm like – yeah, they're probably not going to move again. So yeah, I, I, that's why I say Tampa. Yeah, I could see that. That was my pick, too. I thought the Buccaneers Buccaneers can't catch a break at quarterback. So I figured, you know what, that'd be about right. They'd, they'd hire a guy who's probably, I don't even know, should still be playing anymore uh, in the NFL unless he's got a backup role. But they would totally pick him up and be like, hey, we can kind of like a like a Fitzpatrick, we're going to squeeze a few more years out of this guy while we can, but anyhow. Sorry, sorry to digress. Back to safeties from Utah. Um, Okay, Julian Blackman. Let me talk a little bit about this guy. Um, 2019, before he got hurt, he had like 41 solo tackles, one and a half sacks, four interceptions, um, one touchdown off an interception. That was against BYU. And uh, yeah, solid, solid safety. Um, like I said, he's, he's recovering from a knee injury, but 
I was actually at a basketball game um, probably a month ago, and Julian Blackman was there. <laughs> and this is why you. This is why you listen to Behind the Eye Patch podcast because we have <laughs> insights like this. Julian oh, Blackman spotted at a basketball game. Continue, continue, Hema. Yeah, and I actually chatted with him for a little bit, and uh, yeah, the guy is fine. I was like, "How's your knee?" He's like, "It feels great." You know, he's really just hoping for the best, hoping that someone will, will sign him, pick him up along the way. Um, I think he'll have to prove himself that he's healthy enough to play at the top level. But um, I think if you give him a shot at camp, he, he can really impress. I think he'll, so he, he'll turn some heads. So What's you think his... he goes undrafted then? That's what I'm getting out of that? Yeah, I think he'll go – who, like, who's going to spend a pick on – okay, let's be honest. Like, the Pac-12 is like – they're going to be picked up in the later parts of the rounds, right? Right. Because, right. But just because it's the Pac-12. It's the, Unless it's you're, like, least... talking Herbert or, like, right. the Austin exactly. Jackson. Exactly. And with 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 the save a few players, um, you know, you you need fill a need at your position from a from a contending SEC team, right? Right. <laughs> or, right. An, or a Big Ten team. So, um I'm going to be honest, a lot of these guys I don't think will be drafted. But if you can scoop them up later, sign them, you can get a lot of bang for your buck. That's basically what uh, Utah Athletics does. Okay. You get your bang for your buck, yeah. <clears throat> Blackman, what's his frame? Because here, well, I guess it's the Vegas Raiders now. We tend to draft safeties that are like 5'5", <laughs> five, five, 155 oh, yeah. pounds, you know. <laughs> Real, yeah. real coverage guys, you know, they're super lengthy. Real what bumpers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy, he's a really, he's a good size. Six one. I would actually say I've stood next to him. Like I said, he's probably like more up towards six, two, okay. um, 204 pounds, a little on the skinnier side, but he's speedy. He's got great hands and he's coming from probably one of the best Defenses has in the Pac-12. Um, okay, so that should be so that should be, I think, good enough to get him a look somewhere. Awesome. I take six foot one. It beats the heck out of five six. Yeah, five <laughs> ten. I think that's what, uh, isn't that what Abram is listed at? Abram's five ten, I believe. I think he's lifted, I think he's listed at like five eleven. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. Okay. In cleats, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. and then he's uh and then I Joseph I think is like listed at five ten, but and Joiner I think is five nine, so right. we're just getting smaller and smaller. Yeah, and all these guys, they're they're good sized guys, and so I think you know, it still remains to be seen because I've seen them against only Pac twelve competition. Right. It remains to be seen like how they would stack up against the elite, but. The Pac-12, these guys are elite, and I think they deserve a shot for sure. And their size isn't too bad, so we'll see. We'll see. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But um, as far as the youths go, Jalen Johnson is a solid pickup, and Bradley and I, and Lucky Foto, I think, are solid pickups. If you can get them and get them on the cheap, great value for uh, for these stellar defensive players. Uh, one, the name that you've mentioned right off the bat, Jalen Johnson, the corner. What is he a day one kind of guy? Day two? What what is in your opinion? 
I think so. Um, Jalen, he's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, I know for a fact he's been putting in work in the offseason. He didn't play the bowl game because he knows that he's gonna he's got a legitimate shot. Uh, right. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna contend for somebody's spot as soon as he gets to wherever he's going. Okay. Okay. So so you think maybe like round two or three is that we're probably in your guess we'd price later? Probably. Um, I would say around. I could I could see him going late round one. Honestly. Really? Wow. Yeah. I think so. It depends on you know obviously where all the moves shake out and right. Um, where everyone's needs are but as far as like lockdown corners there's i would place them in like the top four of this draft wow wow that's um, some high praise yeah now if, if we flip the flip the side of the ball last year we had a conversation an interesting conversation about a particular running back who yes. like tore his acl jumping in or out of bed i can't remember <laughs> But he yes. is available again. He is available this year. And we're talking, yeah. of course, about Zach Moss. Zach Moss had a fairly decent year uh, mm-hmm. for the youth. Maybe not quite as good as it, as the year before. Tell us, tell us where you think you or where you see him falling in this draft. What, what yeah. role do you think he plays? Does he fight for a starting spot? Is he a backup guy that eventually could fight for a spot? a starting spot what give us uh, some info about him um okay zach moss like you said mysterious knee injury uh in 2018 it was really weird um but he is healthy now he is raring to go he had a pretty good season last uh this past season broke the utah rushing record so he is the all-time rushing leader at utah um he rushed for 1,400 yards um, off of 235 attempts. So he was averaging like 14 yards a carry. Um, wow. And the, okay, here's the problem with running backs. I love running backs. I'm a running back guy. They are a dime a dozen. Okay. This season, there's a lot of running backs in this league, um, especially from SEC, from Big Ten, uh, that are going to go high, right? Um, but I want to kind of sidetrack to a player that went into the draft last year that almost scored a touchdown in this past year's Super Bowl. Um, he plays for the Chiefs. Um, his name is Darwin Thompson. He, is right. from, he, he came from Utah State, of all places. Uh, speedy back, really similar to, to Zach Moss. But I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say Darwin Thompson is almost like a uh, great value brand Zach Moss. You know, you go to Walmart and you get like <laughs> value brands. You're like, I want some Pop Tarts, but I don't want to spend that Pop Tart money. <laughs> so you go for the great value Pop Tarts. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a Darwin great Thompson. analogy. <laughs> Darren Thompson is the great value version of Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is a really good running back. He is violent on impact, yards after catch. He has great hands. He can block. He can kind of do it all. Um, He's, he's got that typical running back size. He's 5'10", like 220. Um, and he can use every pound to smack you in the mouth. So I think I think he's a really good running back. Um, I think whatever team gets him, he'll definitely fight for rotation minutes for sure. Um, but again, 
he's a running back. So I could see him going in like the third round. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. There's so many running backs that uh, it's hard to say where he's going to fall. But I think he's a really good player. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's good, where he's going to go. It, we, you know, we've re-signed um, uh, Jalen Rashard. And DeAndre Washington's uh, contract for the Raiders is kind of up in the air right now. Obviously, Washington played a lot better this year. So I've got a feeling. I, honest, I, I hate to say it, but but Tyler, you'd probably agree with me. Washington almost reminds me of like the type of running back I could see the Patriots picking up because I think they'd be able to use him correctly. And I think yeah. he's just such a Swiss Army knife. In fact, I, I'm, I am disappointed that we decided to sign Richard over what like I don't know if Richard was a priority over Washington or not or if they just figure look we know we can you know get the pocket rocket you know signed up pretty easily you know we're not too worried about you know him hitting the open market but Washington you know we're gonna have to step back and look at the rest of the roster before we you know do this you know before we add this kind of uh before we can figure out if we can add this kind of firepower so um uh, somebody like a Zach Moss uh, does intrigue me because if if he drops to like a fifth round or something like that, like I yeah, take which him. Yeah, totally possible. Right, right. Uh, you know, with the injury history and everything, um, I you know, there's always the talk about tread on the tires. You know, as you get to the NFL, I, I know we had the injury last year. Um, you know, is, was he used pretty heavily? Utah is he one of these guys that you're like? He might be for like two or three years kind of in his prime in the NFL. Then after that, you know, it it's almost kind of reminds me of a Jay Ajayi yeah. from Boise State, you know, kind of had one big year yeah. with the Eagles, had an injury, but he carried such a load at Boise State that like, you know, now he's obsolete, right? Is that kind of like a, a yeah. Zach Moss type story as well? Yes, he was heavily used. He's, he started every single game uh, except for the game that he missed after the USC game where he hurt his shoulder. Um he, uh, I could see him having two, like, yeah, JJ is a good, uh, a good analogy. I think, um, he's, his body's kind of banged up, um, but he's lasted his whole career at Utah, you know, right. banging heads with the likes of USC and Washington. So, um, yeah, so I could, yeah, I think you're, I think that's a good analogy. I think that's spot on. That's a good comparison right there. Okay, um, well, I'll take him because we need it because uh, there's no guarantee that Washington comes back this year, which is super unfortunate, and I would be <laughs> bummed out if they let him go. But I think I mean, props to him. I think he's earned himself a decent contract. So um, yeah. a guy like Zach Moss is one of those players that, you know, we kind of have circled. It's like, well, you know, a fill-in type player like that if we don't get somebody in the free agency. Yeah. I, I think, would uh, like that. I'd like that backfield of Josh Jacobs and Zach Moss. Yeah. That would be yeah. – uh, pretty legit backfield with Richard on third downs maybe and uh here's here's a, a an odd question Hema what is Zach Moss's uh like pass blocking like blitz pickup stuff is yeah. he is he a, a third down uh, like a a three down back a four down back what is what does he look like yeah I th- uh he's a I think he's a four down back honestly he's really tough um just this, la- it's just this last year, um, Utah rotated him in and out a lot because they knew he was leaving. They have a stable of running backs that they need to get uh, some experience. Um, but 
Zach Moss by far among the four running backs that they were rotating was the best blocker, best runner, best catcher. He was by far the best player on that team. Um, that that sounds like a John Gruden yeah. ask yeah. player. That's why I asked that question is because he likes his running backs to be able to pick up blockers and, and pass yeah. block and things like that and catch out of the backfield. Like uh, we saw that with Josh Jacobs this year. And I think that's probably why uh, Richard was signed is because he does do a pretty good job on like third third down. You know it's a passing down. He does pretty good job uh, pass blocking. So that would be important for the Raiders to look at, just kind of drawing it all back together. Micah, did you have any other uh, any other players you wished to you speak know, of? Or ask about. I, I, we're gonna. We're, if I can, if I can steer away from Utah for this player, it's kind of a guy that um, uh, wide receiver out of Colorado, kind of a big name player. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of people have been talking about him. I don't know a lot about it because I haven't. I, I I've seen highlights, but you know, it's not like any of these guys, like a, a T Higgins or you know Jerry Judy, you know yeah. any of these uh, C D Lamb. Uh, but he's a guy that a lot of people have slated going in the first round. I'm going to warn Raider Nation right now. The the chances of me butchering his name are very high. Um, LaVisca Chenault. Is that yes. right? Ooh, nice. Oh, nailed it. Yeah, all right. English did come in handy back in high school then. Uh, 6'2", 220 pounds. Um, there's kind of there's a lot of controversy as far as you know what we're going to do with the 12th overall pick. Uh, personally, if, if there's a linebacker there, a solid linebacker, uh, I don't think Isaiah Simmons falls that far, but I've seen him in some mock drafts fall that far. Obviously, nobody knows come draft day. About the only thing we know is that pretty much I think Joe Burrows goes number one overall. I would be shocked if if, if, if Chase, it were any other way. Chase Young, number two. <laughs> right, right. And then everything after that is just pretty much a crapshoot. So, um this this young man, uh, Chenault, what what can you tell us about him? Is is he is he a ra- is he round one material? Uh, I think so. I think he's legit. Um, really talented, like you said, uh, speedy wide receiver. Um, in fact, I remember watching him playing against the Utes, and they were using him in a lot of really inventive ways. You know, they put him at slot a couple times. Um, okay. He was doing a lot of inside-out running. Um, the, it's just very creative play from this athlete, you know. I, um, as far as like what I know about him, I know he had a stellar 2018 year. I think he received like for a thousand over a thousand yards, something like that. Okay. Had six touchdowns la- that season. 2019, he only had like four. Um, but the that Buffs team sucked. Let's be oh, okay. honest. That, that yeah. Colorado team was terrible. And not having – they actually, like, just – I think they just replaced their coach last season. Um, okay. They had a new quarterback. So uh, it's really unfortunate. And I cannot believe that Chanel actually stuck it out. <laughs> and <laughs> good on him. Good on him for doing that. You know, uh, he was averaging, like, 14 yards a catch um, last season. So um, a really good pickup. Uh, probably in the top two receivers in the Pac-12, which is saying quite a lot, um, considering USC's stable of wide receivers that they had right. this past year. Right. Um, so yeah, LaVisca Chenault, great player. Um, whoever picks him up will be lucky. Oh, again, a lot of these Pac-12 players, 
great athletes, uh, more of a bang for your buck kind of right. uh, kind of pick for all these guys. That's good to know because I, one of the things I've so Oakland has three third round picks, and we've talked a lot about we could see them moving up into the second round. And you know, you've talked about this as far as Pac-12. They seem to kind of get yeah. You know, everybody's looking at you know SEC, ACC, Big Ten, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I almost don't wonder if this is the type of guy that slides to day two with guys. You guys have guys have like T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, Judy, yes, Rugs. Exactly. You know, how many wide receivers? You know, I don't know the answer, but how many wide receivers go in the first round typically? I don't know if there are a ton. I, I I don't think that. I mean, there are. I've just named five there that are probably, in my guess, going to go before, uh, you know, uh, Chenault. So if he's the kind of guy that, like, if he's there in day two, depending on what Oakland does day one, we've. I mean, <laughs> when it yeah. comes to our drafting, I, I you know, it, it, who knows? <laughs> we're we're all pretty much like every mock draft I've seen, Oakland goes some version of wide receiver linebacker or linebacker wide receiver, which probably means we'll take neither in the first yeah. round. So uh, this is the kind of guy that like to keep an eye on, uh, especially if Oakland doesn't end up picking up a receiver in the first round. Um, one other wide receiver. Um, or can, can I move over to Arizona state? Brandon, sure. I, is it IU? Ayuk is the K silent. Oh, I have no idea how you say his name. Okay. Okay. Um, another wide receiver. I've seen him pop up as far as like people kind of like an under the radar mid round type wide receiver that people are going, this guy's pretty good. He's got some athleticism. Um, overall rank, they have him at 52nd or, or number 52 overall rank. I believe it's in the Pac 12. Um, I don't know if you've got any details on this guy, but it's a name I keep seeing popping up. And Oakland seems to like to, you know, our, our we seem to have a revolving door at the receiver position. So, wouldn't surprise me if some of these guys, you know, we kind of patched it together during the regular season. So I could see Mayock and Gruden maybe even getting a little bit, you know, doubling up on the wide receiver position. I've seen people take having us take two wide receivers in the first round. I think that'd be <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Again, uh, yeah. any any details on this guy out of Arizona State? Um, I don't have a lot of details on this guy. Apparently, he's a good wide receiver, you know, you know, Arizona State. People might be like glaring at me right now, but you know, <laughs> this guy, eight touchdowns last season, 18 yards, a uh, catch. Um, the, the reason why I don't know too much about him is because for the past like three years, Arizona state has been owned by Utah. Utah absolutely shut these guys down. Right. Um, I don't think they scored a touchdown against Utah last season. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they did, actually. Which is impressive because Arizona State went up and I, I believe they beat Oregon. Or I think Oregon came to town and I believe Arizona State beat Oregon this past season. Got yeah, the upset. Classic, classic Pac-12 eating itself. Um, <laughs> that happens every year. Just the Wild West out here. But um, that's why I don't know too much about this guy. But he, you know, just looking at his numbers, man, he, he seems like a great wide receiver. Right. Another big I watched body. some... I watched some tape on him because I had I was wondering about him as well. I all of a sudden I'm seeing him go in the first round too, like late first round. Wow. So I'm like, good grief, we're gonna have like seven wide receivers go in the first round, um, which maybe they deserve to, but I don't think we see that. Um, yeah. 
from what I can see, like he's fast. He's a quick yes. dude. Now, the reason why I would think he might fit in Oakland is I don't know if you know this or not, Hema, but we like to throw like little bubble screens and about three yard quick slants and check downs. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I might get slapped in the face <laughs> by some of our listeners when I end up in Vegas someday. But anyway, that's what we like. That's what we tend yeah. to do. And that guy has the explosive playmaking capability, kind of like a CD lamb, like a poor man CD lamb of taking the ball to the house. There's There was one play, I don't remember who it was against, but he started on like the left hash, um, well, outside on the numbers, came back in towards the middle of the field and ended up scoring a touchdown like in the opposite end zone or in the opposite corner of the end zone. It, mm. And it, I mean, nobody, nobody touched him because he was very shifty, very fast. Uh, through the middle of the field, so that's a that may be like a poor man's CD Lamb is kind of what what I was thinking, and that's maybe a stretch because CD Lamb's pretty stinking good, but very fast. Uh, Not very according shifty. to some of Razor Nation, CD Lamb is only okay. He yeah, just played wild. against really bad defenses. So that's word on the street, anyway. Uh, his game doesn't allegedly doesn't translate to the NFL. Whoever, right. I know who said it. And uh, I think he's been smoking a little too much. Uh, a little peyote got stuck in the cigarette, I think. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, a lot of wide receivers in the Pac-12 that I think, because of it's the of being the Pac-12, they're going to slide. A right, lot. right. But, you know, Chenault's a good pickup. Uh, um, yeah, Ayuk or whatever you say his name, like that'd be a good pickup. Right. Um, and that's not even like – when you think of wide receivers in the Pac-12, one that comes to mind for me personally is Michael Pittman Jr. Um, okay. I don't know if you guys watched him at all. I've seen USC, some, yeah. yeah. Okay. USC wide receiver. Obviously, USC was running the uh, the air raid. Um, and I got to Do they throw these, down field? They, they throw down field. Oh, that doesn't fit us. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Long bombs over the top. Is that not yeah, familiar? That, that, does that sound like our no, – that doesn't sound like our <laughs> offense, does it? No, Michael? not at okay. all. <laughs> but, man, if, if, he, if someone – whoever gets Michael Pittman, um, I think is going to have one hell of a receiver because uh, this dude, even though they had like a rotation of quarterbacks because of injury, this guy still had 11 touchdowns last season, like 1,200 yards receiving. Um and I think he was leading the Pac-12 in yards after catch. So um, that would probably be whoever gets him. I think I don't think he'll go super high because of all the receivers, you know, right. in in the the other conferences. Um, well, if so, there's you know, if there's one thing that we know, it seems like well, I, I know it's only one one draft class, but Mayock and Gruden, and I would say maybe it has to do more with Mayock, but I don't know. Um, they, they seem to be able to find value in the mid late rounds. And that was certainly the case last year. So, uh, you know, three, three, three third round picks, Tyler, do we have a fourth round pick this year? Yes, we do. We oh, have, we do. Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. We have two first rounders, three third rounders, a fourth and a fifth. Okay. Oh, that's As okay. Of now. Right. Oh. Right. So, uh, you know, fourth, fifth rounder, you know, Oakland still needing to, to fill a gap or, or like I said, Mayock, 
I, I totally and and maybe it's a fool's fool's game, but after last year's draft, Tyler, I I am all in on trusting the process with Mayock and Gruden both uh, at the helm because uh, so far the track record, and I know it's only one year. But dang it, man, that was a heck of a draft class so far. Oh, and sure. so I'm excited to see what they do this year as well. I mean, they, didn't you guys get that Clemson guy? Oh, Which we one? Had, we yeah. had three of them. That's true. That's we had true. Furl, um, Cleveland Furl. Uh, oh, the uh, court. Hunter Renfro. Renfro, that's it. Yes, Renfro. third oh, Renfro. But yeah, dude, that was a good. I don't know. I I liked him. And that was Mullen, cool. Trayvon Mullen. That was the second round corner okay. that we got. Yeah. So we had three three Clemson players. Maybe we uh, dip yeah. out of the L- LSU pool this year. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, they're the champion this year, so you know we're going to target them heavy. Yeah. I have one more question, Tyler. Before I turn it over to you, um, obviously a big thing this offseason, Hemba, for the Raiders is the quarterback position, and it's been just insane. Everything from – Let's bring in Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, uh, all of the above. Keep Carr, you know, oh, Tom Brady, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady. <laughs> pretty much any free agent quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, Philip Rivers, um, uh, anybody who like has ever slung a football in the last decade is yeah. potentially up for grabs, according to a you know just about anybody you talk to in 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 within Raider Nation. And then obviously there's a huge portion of Raider Nation. I, I say huge, but I feel like it's been getting smaller that could, that continues to back Derek Carr. Um, without being biased, if you if you can if you can put put the Utah hat aside, is there is there a quarterback in the Pac-12 to you that maybe not necessarily, and maybe they do. Let, let's put Justin Herbert aside. Let's say he's gone by the time Sorry. Oakland picks. But let's say even like a mid-round player, even a late-round player, quarterback that could even maybe doesn't start right away, but you think that, man, give him a couple of years, and I think he could be a, a really decent, if not an elite NFL quarterback. Is there anybody in the Pac-12 that stands out to you? Any name? Um, okay, I'm going to say no because I want to <laughs> throw in this uh, this monkey wrench. Okay. Uh, a little... A little uh, what do you call it? It's a surprise, if you oh, will, for both like of you. Um, I'm going to throw out a name. You let me know if you've heard of this guy. One Jordan Love from Utah State. Oh yes, boo! <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew you. I knew you knew him. I was just being annoying. No, I think I thought you were going to throw Tyler Huntley out there or uh, the no. dude from Arizona. What's the that dude from Arizona? Um, oh, uh, Khalil Tate. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I think, I really think, so Jordan Love's interesting because I think that fits your description pretty well um, okay. about a guy that, given two years, he could be an elite quarterback. Um, give him someone who knows the ropes, a seasoned vet in the NFL, to tell him what to do, what not to do, and maybe by experience from watching that veteran play, learn what not to do or what to do. And like, I think Jordan Love, to the ground on fourth down. <laughs> I think Jordan Love I think Jordan Love could be that guy. And in my selfish opinion, I think it'd be dope if he ended up with the Raiders. Cause then I could see him 
Hey, not too far away. Hey, I, you know what? It, it, we nobody, everybody's fair game on the podcast, but look, we, yeah. as far as there's, we don't protect any player. We're not like, you know, part of any following where it's like, yeah. you know, we, we're not in love with Carr, but we just want the Raiders to do well. So, you know what? We accept all opinions on everything, whether we agree or not. And Jordan Love is a name I've seen thrown out there that a lot of, you know, a lot of people have had ties with him um, to the Raiders. I, I'm almost, I'm trying to say Oakland Raiders, but it's the Vegas Raiders now. Um, That's going to so be that, weird. Yeah, yeah. But that, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I hope Oakland does draft a backup plan whether that's the first round or the fifth round, I don't care. But yeah. I think it's pretty apparent, in my opinion anyway, you know, that that we need we need something because if you know we get we pick up a CD Lamb or a Chenault and we still go seven and nine or even eight and eight, I it's you know, I think it's officially time. I think you even have a lot of well, I say you'd have even a lot of Sakar supporters, but they've been you know, people, it's it's kind of like a cult following of cars, so you can't talk them out of that. But I, I do hope that there's a backup plan because, I, you know, starting over from square one with, you know, somebody out of the draft, you just historically that doesn't it, it takes time. You don't usually have a, right. a quarterback jump right in and then, you know, in a year you're like, oh, you know, Super Bowl bound. And I don't I'd rather pick up a guy like Jordan Love or like a um a uh, young man out of uh, Oklahoma uh, eludes me right now. Hurts. Uh, hurts. Yeah. Hurts. And, yeah hurts. and be like, look, you know, we're not, um, I, we're not, we, he's not here to start right now, but, you know, seven and nine happens again in 2020 and yeah. we've got a backup plan. So anyway, that's all I had. Thank you, Tyler, man. I'm going to turn it over to you, bro. <laughs> I'm going to follow up on Jordan Love. Hema, what was the what what do you feel like the reason was for his drop off between his uh was he a senior this year? He's a senior this year. Yeah. So, so between his junior and his senior year, I know there was a coaching change. I know that that Utah State's uh coach did he get a higher up job? Uh, he left. Uh yeah. the guy that was there last year. This year yeah. They went back to a guy who was there in like the 1980s or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, it was a, it was a disaster. And, um, I don't know, like Boise State fans could see it not too far away how awful the, the, the culture became at Utah State. Matt Wells, the coach last season, uh, got a better job. He's coaching Texas Tech. So, I don't blame him for leaving, right? <laughs> right. The, the bad part is, uh, in my opinion, Utah State called back Gary Anderson, um, who was at Utah State originally. Then if you remember, he went up to, like, Wisconsin, and then he went to, like, Oregon State, but kind of wrecked Oregon State's program. Like, Oregon State's sorry right now. And uh, <laughs> then he comes back to Utah State, and the problem is he couldn't, when Jordan Love stayed, his like target wide receivers left and his best running back Darwin Thompson left. And right. so Jordan Love was kind of left in um left to fend for himself, let's say. And he did the best he could, but you know, he just couldn't produce like he did when he was a junior. Um, but he still has that talent. I think he's got the measurables that people are looking for. In fact, there's like a 
low-key hype going around on Jordan Love because of those right. measurables. Right. Um, but really, all he needs is a good, uh, good coach and a good mentor to get him right. Give him a couple seasons, and I think he'll be a good player. A great player, I should say. Very good. Um, I think that rounds out the uh, Pac-12 South. I, I can't think of I can't think of anybody else that we've like missed. Can you think yeah, of I, did did you think of anybody, Micah? Covering. In fact, there were a couple of guys like a Bradley um uh edge defender for Utah that like I had seen the name and I knew I because I've watched a few Utah games and, and like I've seen him play. It's just been a long time. Um but another player that I mean so Right, so we have Max Crosby, right? Solid player. I think he's going to be a, a legend for the Raiders. Uh, Farrell, I, I think the potential's there, but obviously for the fourth overall pick, we've talked about this, didn't really happen this year. Uh, had a solid season as a rookie. I wouldn't say, though, he had the, a season that a fourth overall pick should have, though. Um, so there's still a little bit of question mark at the edge defender position for the Raiders. Um We've had trouble with depth at that point at, at the position. So a guy like uh, a Bradley out of Utah, to me, you know, I, I don't know how far a f- guy like that falls. Sounds like um, he's got the measurables to be an NFL player and to make an impact pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, again, maybe one of those guys, Oakland has three picks in the third round. You know, he happens to make it there. Uh, in fact, two of those picks are back to back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you've, you know, Oakland. We we talked about this, and we've talked about this in the past. We there are so many holes to fill, right? And what we've talked about, you know, wide receiver, linebacker, <coughs> corner, edge. I mean, even edge. Uh, in my opinion, so the it's kind of the top p- positions to me for Oakland in the draft to target: wide receiver, linebacker, corner, and an offensive tackle. Because there's a lot of um, uh, it seems like at the tackle position, we, you know, incognito's older, obviously. And then, um, I'm sorry, the guard position, the guard position. I, I, I'm all over the place. At the guard position, um, uh, we've had injuries at that position, and um, uh, it's we, we've had trouble. And we're looking at who, who's uh, – uh, I forget his name right now. Injured most of the season last year, though. And um, uh, Jackson? Not, yeah, Jackson. Seems like there's Gabe. been kind of some – yeah, Gabe Jackson, some some question marks surrounding Gabe Jackson. Um, but then I also uh, kind of at my like my second tier safety edge and running back would be like not immediate needs. But like if we could pick up some solid players in the mid rounds at those positions, um, you know, uh, it would <laughs> it would help because the depth it seemed like last year was pretty poor uh, on both sides of the football. Um, and that's one thing I think Mayock mentioned this last season uh, at the end of the season. He said, you know, a lot of our a lot of the woes, it seems like for the season were just, you know, we had such a lack of depth. And it seemed like when we had one guy go out, there was never a, you know, a solid backup. And there was never a serviceable backup. And that's and I think he even took the blame. He said, that's on us. That's on me to make sure that we have a, a team with depth. So. Um, definitely some players to keep an eye on. Cause you know, we just talked about it. Pac 12 doesn't seem to get much love. Um, but definitely I, I we kind of covered a lot except for maybe, um, uh, linebacker as far as there might be some guys there kind of, sort of, um, 
but definitely some players to keep an eye on Raider Nation as we head into the draft. Was it April 24th? We're yeah. just like a couple months away. Couple I can't believe it. Woo. If Woo. we could land, if there, if I had to pick one player, and, and maybe I'll ask, I'll ask you, Hema, and I'll ask you, Micah, the same question. If you could land, out of the players that we talked about this evening, if you could land one of those players, who would you be the most excited to land as a Raider fan or just covering the Raiders for you, Hema? Um, uh, as far as the defensive guys that we talked about, de- definitely Jalen Johnson for me. Um, guys locked down. I think uh, every team needs a good pair of lockdown corners, yeah. and that's how you get to the ship. That's I to, to super simplify it. You got some lockdown corners. It'll make your defense better, which will make you go to the uh, far in the playoffs. So, right. Um, I think I think Jalen Johnson would be my answer. Yeah, me too. I he's one of those guys, and it's a it's a need for Oakland, right? So, you know, our, we kind of pinned our hopes that we have Conley Island, right? That you know Conley would be a big big player, and that's ended up being another oh. wasted pick. So, um, uh, so it would be nice to have. Uh, another corner because I think Trayvon Mullen's going to take a big step forward this year and I think he's going to be a guy that commands one side of the field for the Vegas Raiders so Jalen Johnson if we could have another you know corner that could step in and be an impact player day one which it sounds like he is um, that's a guy Raider Nation go check it out go check out some highlights give us your thoughts and opinions on that because uh, that's the kind of name that you know you hear the normal, right? So we hear the, the the big name players, but that's what I'm always interested in because it's you know the draft is more than just day one, right? It's it's who you're mining, who you're able to pick up in the days two and three through the weekend that really seem to make the biggest impact. So guy like that, Jalen Johnson, first rounder, um, keep keep tabs on that name because don't be upset if we pick him up at like 19 and you're going, what in the world are we doing? You know, we need a, a linebacker. It sounds like you'd be okay with a guy like that. Tyler, dude, is there a name here that stands out to you other than Jalen Johnson? Uh, yes. I liked Anai, uh, Bradley and I, oh. uh, that's, that's the one that I kind of have my, him and Zach Moss are kind of like my man crushes, um, <laughs> on this on, on this right now that we talked about tonight, I liked Moss last year, but he obviously he came back for his senior season. And then, but like Anaya is just like he exploded onto the scene at the senior bowl. Like he was, he was good. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching the senior bowl and on like three straight possessions, Anaya just annihilates the offensive tackle that he's going against. And I'm just like, okay, I could get behind like a, a late second. <laughs> or one of our third round yeah. picks, if he's still there, totally would love. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I've, I've got this love for like Polynesian players because they're fast and they're mean. And I, I love that. Like I just, they're powerful, <laughs> powerful dudes. So blow off but, the edge of the line and, and like he makes plays. He's fast. I like, I like that. I like well, having a pass rush once in a while. It's, and that's been our biggest problem, right? On defense for the Raiders. Like, it's been, I feels like forever since we've had a pass rush. And sure, it was better this year, but it still wasn't great. You know, I mean, there were games where it, it was, go, it was, it would disappear, right? And that's got to be something that if we want to make it anywhere near the playoffs, if we want to top the Chiefs, 
we're going to have to be able to get a pat, you know, get after Patrick Mahomes, right? And and until we're able to do that, then you know, we're always just going to be fighting for a wild card spot. We're never going to be able to lock down, a, you know, a division title kind of a deal. So, um, yeah, I, I like it. I feel like we covered everything. Tyler, do you have anything else for Hemba before we we let him go? We need to ask him a funny question. Okay. A question of the week. Question you have of the one week. of those. I, I want to ask. I, I want to. Um, I, I want to ask this, and it's a little bit of a curveball. It's not the question of the week, but it's kind of the final question because I want to know, and I have my doubts. Your opinion, Hella, Justin Herbert? Is he an NFL quarterback? Is he going to be successful in the NFL? In your opinion? Oh man, that's a good question. I might catch. I don't think so. <laughs> I, uh, he's okay. He's all right. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't know. Yeah. I remember in 2018. So I know 2019, Oregon got the dub against the U. Um, but 28, um, Justin Herbert couldn't do anything, and. Uh, I don't know what the difference was, but um, I just saw the weaknesses in his game, and I just at that moment I was like, "Oh, a real deal." So that's what, I'm going to say that. I'm just going to go. I'm going to say that. Yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've I've watched him play. I've seen enough of the Pac-12 that like I mean, he has flashes, sure, but I just uh, yeah. I, he almost reminds me of like a Mariota, right? Like. Right. There's a lot of hype there, but I'm, look what's happened to Mariota. And I feel like that could be Herbert's story as well. I don't know. I don't um, know. It seems like. I mean, if, dude, if Oregon played LSU, the college, uh, Justin Herbert would have died. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like you, they would have just gotten annihilated. And I just feel like that's NFL caliber right there. And so, right. Right. That's. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe give him a couple of seasons. I don't know. He could prove me wrong, and I could be eating my foot in a couple of seasons. But that's my answer. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Tyler, you got anything else, man? No, unless you have a question of the week. Oh, you know what? Uh, you know, oh, dang it. Wait, wait one second. I've got it. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I'm... Uh, I'm Hopefully I'm prepared this week. You know, doing with the off season hitting us, not doing it weekly has been a killer for me because then I, I literally slog out of here and I'm like, wait, how do you podcast again? It's like, dude, it's only been two weeks, man. We've, wait, we've only been doing this for two years, bro. Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Oh boy. Um, Whoa. Hold up. Whoa. Wait, is this I our pod? I, I, I don't even, what do we do now? This has never been done, but okay. Tyler, I'll, I'm all how, in on this. If you're ready for it. How how the tables have turned, yes. gentlemen. Okay. How the turn no, no, no. tables. How the, how the turn, turn tables. tables. <laughs> no, Mike. Okay, it's a simple question. Okay. Actually, I got two questions. Um, how are you guys going to go? How often are you guys going to make it down to Vegas? You because know I think we met up in Vegas. To catch some Raiders games. Yeah. Tyler, I don't know about you, but for me, I've honestly, I'm getting to a point in life where like business is becoming stable. Um, you know, family, kids get a little bit 
older, not older, but you know, it's we're not like in the beginning of life, right? So I'm married, and it's not like that, you know, first married life where you're always hustling, you know, you're trying to, you know, find your way, trying to figure out what's going on. I feel like things are becoming a little more stable, honestly, for me, because I've thought about this. I'd like to get down to at least a game every year living in Idaho. It's such a short trip that, yeah. um, I, I, I mean, I could fly, I could be there in an hour, you know, via plane, like hour, hour and 20 minutes or something like that. Um, yeah. So for me, I'd like to get there once a year and I, I've, I'm, I've never been, I've never been to an NFL football game, never been to the Oakland Coliseum. So, um, it'd really be like a new, you know, starting a new chapter of life that would just, I never thought about doing because obviously here in Idaho, you know, we don't, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, you know, big mixing pot of fans around here. A lot of Seattle, a lot of Denver, a lot of Raiders, a lot of Chargers. Um, uh, but, you know, you've got to travel anywhere, right, if you want to go to, a, you know, an NFL game. But with the Vegas move, with the Raiders moving closer, man, I uh, it really is one of those things. I'm going to work hard to try to make it once a year for me. Tyler, bro, you're, you're once, twice, three times, you're going to build it into your next business contract, right? Have the company yes. pay for it. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to, it's in my contract that uh, I get one game a year, uh, all expenses paid. Yes, and, yes. And uh, write it off as a business expense. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to like recruit for the company, uh, but mostly just podcast with Micah, hang out with you guys. So, yes. <laughs> but I, uh, I would love to be able to go like, once to one game a year i don't think that's like way out of the question like it, it, even if i got back to idaho falls or not even flying out of albuquerque to las vegas it's like it's like 75 dollars round trip so it, it's right. like that it's not that bad so i'd love to get over there and and uh i i would say i'd like to go to one a year so Nice. Let's do it. And then my other question is, um, my other question real quick is, uh, so how, okay. I've been on your podcast a couple times already. Let's, let's say I'd like to join Raider nation because I am currently unaffiliated, right? Unaffiliated. What? I don't have a team. I don't have a team, bro. I don't, I did not know this. So do I, it's, do you jump me in? Is there like a baptism (laughs) that's in order? Uh, do, do we have to sign a prenup? I'm trying to figure out how to, how to, how to get with Raider Nation. What's the best way to do that? Oh, dude, I have well, so many answers that probably wouldn't be appropriate for a pod, family <laughs> friendly podcast. Oh, Tyler, what would be like? So you got to get him to a game, obviously, I would say, especially as you know. Man, that is incredible. How have you gone so many years without ever like, like finding a team, bro? Without ever being like, oh, you know, I've te- always liked, you know, X or whoever. Let me yeah. tell you though, well, right now, that I, like, this is a, this is not just some scrub dude either. Like, this, this Hema's dad is like a legend football player. His brother plays at Stanford. His other brother played at Weber State. Hemo was like the state rushing champion in Utah several times. Like Dang. this, this surprises me. I, 
In all of my years of friendship since 2006, I did not know that Hema did not have a team. Yeah. I don't have a team, so I'm, I think I, I want to make the uh, the jump. I've, uh, you know, Let me just I, ask you one question. Do you not mind if your team loses all the time? <laughs> uh, let me just do you like me mediocrity? Do you like just, do you like people me, blowing smoke up your rear end? <laughs> let me just let me just preface this by saying uh, I'm a BYU fan. I've been one all my life. So yes, we're used to losing. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the simple way to put it. <laughs> they, okay, I like it because the thing you have to get used to is that. Uh, there, there's there are some people and i don't know there's a there's a and maybe this is all fan bases but you know i because i don't care about other fan bases but our fan base there's a there's a, 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 a section of our fan base that it's like we're very so like i understand you're it's easy to make excuses right when things are going bad or whatever it's easy to make excuses but there's a section of our fan base and i don't know what it is or why and i'd love to actually kind of like know the psychology behind it but we make excuses for everything I, and it's 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 never, I, I, you know, we're seventeen. So it's we're on what year seventeen that we have ne- we haven't been good, right? Sprinkle one year in there where we went twelve and four, but I, I don't understand how there are so many people just like it, I. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but like I've already seen excuses in our fan base. Like nobody get excited for twenty twenty because it's still a rebuilding year. And and I just that blows my mind how like w- people can have that kind of mindset after so long, so many years of losing, and watching teams like the 49ers go from four wins to the Super Bowl, and not like demanding that kind of excellence of your own team as well. Right now, I understand that you know maybe you know special circumstances, whatever, but there are a plenty of teams that are doing it, like the Rams did it, the Seahawks did it, the Titans pulled Tannehill off of the bench week mm-hmm. five and went to the title game. So it can be done, but it's like, I don't understand this section of our fan base. It's like, it's almost like we, it's like we're gluttons for punishment, man. We enjoy like <laughs> this, this, you know, just chasing our tails year in and year out, and like getting excited. It's like, wow, we won seven games. That was more than a lot of experts, you know, had predicted. But then in the same breath, they'll be like, oh, the experts don't know anything. But it's like, wait, what? Like, what that you know so um it it drives me bonkers and it's probably in every fan base but i just and 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 a lot of this stems from me just being so disappointed at losing all the time and and being able to predict what's happening in games it's like all right you know we're up on the chiefs what was that it was like 21 to 3 or whatever and then they score a touchdown and like all three of us were like yep it's over now (laughs) And sure enough, <laughs> Chiefs score like 28 unanswered points and win the game handily. Um, I'm tired of being able to do that, man. I want to I want to cheer for a contender. I haven't been able to cheer for a contender like all of my adult life. So um, if you're okay with that, if you sounds like you can ride it out, though. Sounds like you can stay loyal. Um, dude, I mean, happy to be aboard. Well, as long as you don't mind not calling the new stadium the Death Star, uh, you're cool in my book. So... <laughs> <laughs> we have Let's a big problem with that. A, I'll have a, I'll have a, uh, well, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll make a video with like a Chiefs hat, a Broncos hat, you know, a Raiders hat or whatever. 
And then I will choose the Raiders hat. There we go. Video, and then we'll say, I've chosen the Raiders. Respect my decision. After, like, much, much love, much thanks to God and my family. (laughs) And that's uh, in lieu of getting jumped into the Raiders game. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. The only thing you have to understand is that you're in a lifetime contract. This isn't something that, like, after four years, you could be like, what the heck have I done? Uh, Trey, you know, in the words of AB, <laughs> release me, release me. You can't do that, here, man. I'm it, free. Yeah, yeah, I'm you free. I'm free. Yeah, I know. It's once you've made the decision. So maybe sleep on it. Once you made the decision, man. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, I have to say, it's the most loyal fan base that I've ever run across. Raider fans, man. I've talked about it. We 17 years of losing, but boy, they seem to pack that coliseum to see them every year. Um, and I've got no doubt they're going to be packing the Vegas stadium. So uh, mad props to our fan base as far as, man, they, they are legit win, lose, or tie fan base. Uh, it's, they're not like the 49ers who, for the last like six years, they haven't been able to fill that stadium. And all of a sudden this year, everybody's like, yeah, bang, bang, Niner gang, bro. You know, and it's like, where the heck did you come from? Like, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, uh, awesome. There you go. I do have one quick question for you, gentlemen, because there is a right or wrong answer for this. If we're ready to do this, it's your question of the week. And I had it written down. I just had to find it. It's it's not football related. Hammer, we'll start with you. Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) (laughs) You can't say that. It can't even relate to this either. So (laughs) that was awesome, though. What are the proper steps it when what that one must take to make a good root beer float? Ooh. Start to finish. I, um, Tyler, you want to go first? Should I go first? No, Emma, go for it. Okay. Um, you start with the vanilla ice cream in a tall glass glass, right? Okay, it, the cup has to be made of glass cannot be a plastic cup it cannot be a paper cup has to be a chilled glass cup you put in a couple scoops of vanilla ice cream first if preferable if it's the real vanilla ice cream kind and then on top of that you pour a healthy heaping of ice cold a and w root beer Okay, uh, Tyler. I want I, before I answer and tell him he's wrong. Um, Tyler, <laughs> you go next. <laughs> so, I've made I've I've made root beer floats two ways. I've I've done the chilled glass with the ice cream and then the root beer on top of it. But I don't feel like I get enough root beer. So I've started going chilled glass. I'm a Barks root beer guy or a mug, mug or Barks. Uh, And then I go, you know, the soda first and then the ice cream. But I also like to mix it up at the end. So it's almost like a smoothie. Right. And then I and then I partake of the delicious uh, dessert known as a root beer float. I like it. I like it. So, so here's here's the proper way, gentlemen, to make a root beer float. Uh, <laughs> Tyler, you had it right. You have to pour the root beer first because if you put the oh. vanilla in 
and then pour the root beer, it gets way too foamy. Then you, it takes forever for the foam to dissipate, and you end up like having to scoop the foam off of the top and like toss it in the sink or eat it, whatever you want to do. Um, and then you, it has to be a glass, right? I like, I prefer a mug, chilled or non-chilled. I'm okay with either way because your vanilla is going to be frozen. Uh, the root beer has to be cold as well, so you can't get like, mm-hmm. you can't be like, oh, you know, I've got a, you know, the ice cream's frozen, right? So I'm going to pour lukewarm, you know, drink over it. Can't do that. So you have to pour the root beer first into your glass. Then you scoop out not just any vanilla. It has to be vanilla bean because French vanilla, not the same flavoring. Vanilla bean, a much stronger Mm -hmm. vanilla. (laughs) Two scoops, vanilla bean, or, you know, depending on the size of your glass, two scoops gently, gently placed (laughs) in your root beer bath because once you set it in the root beer, you'll actually notice it. It will foam from the top, and this and will, the foam will slowly the vanilla as it dissipates will slowly make its way down to the bottom of the glass, and you want that. So uh, don't stir it in; just place the vanilla in, and then what you want to do. And I'm personally for me, I'm an A and W guy. So yeah, Hema, well done, A and W root beer, <laughs> way to go. I do like a mu- uh, 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 mug root beer though, solid. A uh, barks, I don't barks, man. I don't understand that stuff's like. Only good for I don't know the garbage can that for me. Yeah, dude, and like, no one even said dads because dads <laughs> is straight garbage. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, quick fun fact on root beer: Did you know in a blind taste test, the best root beer out of all the brands was Shasta root beer? In a blind taste really? test, yep, yeah. Shasta root beer won out of all of them. Uh, wild, that's garbage too, dads. Now what you do now with your two blobs of vanilla round scoops of vanilla sitting in your root beer now you can sip and you can get a stronger root beer flavor if you don't stir it in or if you want to you gently swirl your glass to to like slowly massage the root beer into the vanilla bean then you get a stronger vanilla in with your root beer so like if you want just like a hint of root beer try it just place the two scoops of vanilla in there and sip it then you just get like a little hint of vanilla, but mostly root beer. But if you want more vanilla, swirl your glass gently, and it it like it it just like scrapes off the vanilla, starts to dissipate a little more, and then and it, and the thing about it too is you can actually watch the glass; it will settle on the top. It's like the vanilla settles on the top of the glass. So when you're taking that sip, it's like a pow of vanilla immediately. So that is the proper way to make a root beer float. Again, very important. Pour the root beer first, or else then you're gonna have a big foamy mess on your hands. So let me just let me just say that I never thought I would end a podcast talking about massaging two scoops of vanilla, um, <laughs> but it is enlightening, and I appreciate that analysis. It was great. You're welcome. That's why the hundreds of listeners, the millions of listeners, millions. come to this podcast for insights like that because it's not just about Raider football. It's about like. You know, we we believe in like uplifting and picking people up in their life as well, and things like that. You know, the more you know, Hema, the more you the know. The more you know. So now, let me add. Just I, I promise this is my last question. Is there anything? Or do you guys like any other sodas, or is that blasphemous to do a float with anything other than root beer? Uh, I think the only exception would be like Dr. Pepper. I don't oh. think I would ever 
go for like a Coke float? I don't know. I've never tried it to be honest. Uh, I like so like root uh, a Burger King does like the Coke freezies or I guess that's not that's a freezy. That's not a float. I will do an orange float. So See, or- I was oh, I orange like I yeah orange yeah it's kind of like a dreamsicle. Right, right. That's a that's yeah, a fancy, very underrated. Um, flavor combination, actually. Um, you know, we always go to the root beer float. It's like the American classic and the poor orange float kind of gets left in the dust. But, uh, you know, not on this podcast. No, mad respect it's, to it's, the orange float. It's, it's weird because, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm in Utah, right? Like I said, from Salt Lake City. They do this thing down here where they have dirty sodas. Have you heard of these things? No. There's, there's these little like soda shops yep. that's what they literally are and Love them. they make dirty sodas all kinds um but one of the most popular ones down here is it's like uh it's dr pet heavy cream and gray that's like a really popular drink down here and oh. that's why i said dr pepper it's yeah wild right next time you guys are down down here we're gonna get some dirty sodas Dude, Dude, let's do it. You I'll know what my it. favorite is? Diet Dr. Pepper cream and peach flavoring. Mm. That puts you right in the heart of Georgia. <laughs> Love it. Hema, once again, Raider Nation, producer for KSL TV Channel 5, kslsports.com. Also his own podcast, Sports Beat After Hours Podcast. Hema, man, where can we find you on social media? Uh, so I actually changed all my handles. Uh, so my, all my handles are at X underscore hems, um, because it was easier to spell than my full name. That is why I did it. There you go. But yeah, check, check me out on Twitter because come the draft, um, no matter who the Raiders get, if it's somebody from Utah, um, you, I will post a video of that player and, uh, you'll be able to check out what you're getting. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Follow me there, and um, yeah, follow. I'll, I'll be writing a bunch of articles for kslsports.com. And guys, it was great talking to you. Um, I miss you guys. We'll have to hang out soon sometime. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Hema, again, man, thank you so much for the insight on the Pac-12 Raider Nation. Thank you so much. We appreciate your listening and the support. We will catch you guys at the next podcast. Just win, baby.